Welcome to another edition of Illinois Innovators. I'm Mike Kuhn. Joining us now, the uh, founder and uh, CEO of TechNexus, Terry Howerton. Uh, welcome to the program. Thanks, Mike. I'm really glad to be here. Well, uh, we're going to uh, talk a little bit about Chicago and how uh, the tech scene is really uh, has boomed in Chicago. Uh, first, for those that aren't maybe aren't as familiar with uh, TechNexus and, and the role that it's played, why don't you give us a, kind of an update of, of what you do and what the company does? Well, I'm really glad to talk about Chicago, and, and I think of, uh, of U of I here in Champaign as certainly a part of that orbit. The greater Midwest even has come on strong in the tech community over the last uh, Last decade, I came to Chicago back in 2001. Uh, I was an entrepreneur and had a had a, a small company that I had relocated there uh, in the tech industry. And I looked around and said, "Geez, you know, there's there's an awful lot of interesting technology companies here, but there wasn't much of a tech community." Uh, and, and I couldn't quite figure out why at the very beginning. And so we ultimately ended up pulling some group together, leadership together, and decided to create the Illinois Technology Association a few years after I arrived. And the purpose of the Illinois Technology Association at that point was really just a, a group of folks to get together and drink beer, a group of people in the same industry that could swap stories and benefit each other, uh, beginning to pull together a community for the technology industry in Chicago. Y you know, back then, Mike, there were, there were massive technology companies that were in Chicago. They just had no idea that that's what they were. Mm -hmm. You know, you could go to a company like Archipelago, you know, Archipelago, uh, I think in the early 2000s, uh, a couple hundred employees, and the vast majority of them, 85% of them, were, were software engineers. And they were building software that facilitated the electronic trading of stock, which today sounds pretty basic, but back then was pretty cutting edge. Stock was still being traded on paper. Uh, if you had gone to Archipelago at any time during their launch, their growth, ultimately their acquisition by the New York Stock Exchange where the officers at Archipelago became executives at the New York Stock Exchange. If you said to them, what industry are you in? They would say, well, we're in the financial services industry. And you said, yeah, but gosh, 85% of your employees are literally identical to the people that are sitting across the river working in orbits, who, by the way, think they're in the travel industry, not the tech industry. Mm -hmm. And if either one of those companies had been based in the Valley uh, or based in you know, other traditional tech meccas of the early 2000s and late 90s, they would have been identifying first and foremost as tech companies. So we built the Technology Association primarily to begin to create an identity, a community amongst those types, uh, and a whole bunch of early stage companies that were there growing. You know, the, the community has exploded over the last decade. It's uh, um, now some 3,000 growth stage technology businesses just in and around Chicagoland. Uh, growth stage technology businesses mean that they're multi-million to multi-billion uh, tech businesses, over 3,000 today that we're tracking. Many of those 3,000, by the way, were, were tiny little companies and buddies of mine hanging out drinking beer on the roof of the office when we were creating that association a decade ago and have now gone on to do quite well. Back up a little, your background, yeah. you were an entrepreneur even in high school. You just talk about what that, uh, you know, there, there, there's something ingrained in you that uh, this really feeds off that passion. Well, you know, I, I don't, I don't know if it's that or if I'm just unemployable. Uh, it's probably one of those. Um, you know, I started a company when I was uh, 15 in high school. I, I, uh, I was actually just telling this story a couple of days ago. Um, you know, no one in my family had been an entrepreneur. My mom had a, 
a brief stint with a donut shop, I think, at one point when I was young. And I'm sure that inspired me as much as anything. But um, when I was 15, I borrowed the one suit in my dad's office, in my dad's closet. And, uh, and I put it on, uh, and I went all over town creating a business. And it just so happened, I was big into debate, high school debate. And so Precocious uh, followed the politics, followed you know all those things. So it happened in 1985 that the Supreme Court passed uh, judgment on a case that said that AT&T didn't own the copyright on your name and your phone number and your address in a phone book. Now, when I tell people that my first business had to do with a phone book, most, most people at U of I would say, what the hell's a phone book? Um, but I was following that case. And as soon as that case went down, um, I decided I was going to go out and be a part of putting together a phone book. And so I, I literally put on that suit, and I went all over town there to uh, car washes and dry cleaners, and I convinced them that they should give me some money and promise to pay me more money later if we did that. And I hired my mom and my aunt, uh, and I think ultimately about 20 other people, to sit and retype the phone book. Which was exhilarating work, right? <laughs> and 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 we did some magical desktop publishing mail merge, which again today, you know, pretty much any kid uh, or 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 any clerk sitting with uh, with Microsoft Word could do. But in 1985, it was pretty cutting edge, and we we published a phone book. Um, and you know, at that point, really, I got the taste for what it meant to be entrepreneurial, what it meant to um, create sort of my own destiny and. To, create a destiny for other people and have people want to follow along in a shared vision. And you know, I've been lucky enough to now spend my entire career as an entrepreneur. I've had uh, uh, about a dozen startups that I've done myself. And, and today my business is really all about investing in and, and mentoring and nurturing other startups. Well, you, you talked about that uh, what's unique about TechNexus is it's a for-profit. It's not affiliated with the university or other nonprofit. How does that uh, give you an advantage? Well, so when we created the Technology Association in the beginning, um, it was a nonprofit, and it is still today. And and um, and it it had a more than um, had an economic development mission. It had a community building mission. It had all those things. When we created TechNexus a couple of years after creating the ITA, um, honestly, the original goal was uh, just to create a clubhouse. We thought we had created a club. We needed a clubhouse. We need a physical place where the tech community would gather, uh, where people would be able to interact with each other. And so we created it. And, um, um, and most people thought we were crazy, and, and we probably were, because there was no real sustainable business model, and there was no government funding or university that was going to write a check. We, just were, we were just going to pay for it out of our pocket and see where it went. Um, in retrospect, we ended up creating the first co-working space in Chicago, the first community community, uh, community collaboration space in Chicago. We, we didn't intend to do that, but that's what we did. We also um, found entrepreneurs really early on who would come up and say, geez, everybody I need to do business with is walking through this door every day. Do you think I could have a desk over in the corner? And then, and then they wanted to be introduced to the people that were walking through the door, and then they wanted uh, maybe help with their business plan and help with their uh, finance uh, needs. And, and suddenly, accidentally, we created an incubator. Um, since that time, I think we've had 450 companies that have launched at TechNexus or grown at TechNexus. Over half a billion dollars in capital has been invested in companies while they were sitting 50 feet away from me. And today, there are 350 people that work at the Chicago TechNexus. 
Um, there are a half dozen people there that collectively, entrepreneurs that are building companies there today, that have collectively exited their companies over the last five or six years for north of three and a half billion dollars. Um, the companies that have grown there have exited to Fortune 500s. Um, some of them have been wildly successful. Some of them are still writing their stories, and some of them have been spectacular failures. But uh, you know, such is the nature of uh, of doing startups. Fifty of those, though, are Fortune 500 companies. So um, you know, you've launched some pretty re remarkable uh, companies. Well, no, we haven't launched any anything that's moved on to be big. Um, uh, well, I, I, I mean, we've been acquired by, we've had some things that have been acquired by Fortune 500 companies, uh, and certainly there's been some nice exits. Uh, the, the focus, I think what you're asking about is not so much companies that are, have grown there, but our focus today has sort of shifted to partnering with large corporations. Um, in fact, over 50 of the Fortune 500 we've partnered with in one way or another now. And, and I think that's probably what you're asking about. And what that really is, is we, we, about a year and a half, two years ago, we sat down and said, well, we've had 400 plus startups that have launched, you know, sitting 50 feet away from us. Um, but what do the next 400 look like? And, and are there better ways for us to make money in helping support those companies and grow those companies? And at the same time that we were sort of having this, this question of ourselves and what we wanted to be in our next iteration and for the next de decade, the other thing that was happening was some of the biggest companies in the world were coming to us in the midst of sort of an existential crisis of their own, saying, we, we're not innovating fast enough. Uh, we're not able to hire young rock star computer science engineers from the University of Illinois right now. Uh, nobody wants to come to work for our big co in the in Schaumburg, um, but yet we've got great markets and we have great opportunity and we want to innovate and we want to be relevant and engage with the entrepreneurial ecosystem in new ways. And so these big companies were trying to figure out how to be more meaningfully engaged with entrepreneurs. At the same time, we were trying to figure out how to build smarter startups and invest in smarter startups. And so uh, today, that's what our business model really is, is, is partnering with leading corporations to uh, do what we call seed-enabled innovation, um, which is a fairly unique approach to the world. It's, it's investing small amounts very broadly, thematically around the strategic interests of some corporations. Uh, from the corporation's perspective, it brings insight and optionality, uh, maybe stronger vendors, maybe companies they want to acquire or invest in directly. But from the startup's perspective, it really, really uh, removes the, the friction, the barriers. You know, the best thing that a startup can get today is a customer. And this model helps them get to a customer much, much faster. Uh, and it helps them solve a problem or find out what problems those customers need to solve, maybe earlier in their development cycle. So are those companies hiring or are they just partnering with entrepreneurs or using, you know, do, do people just say, I, I, maybe I don't want to go into and create a startup, I want to work for one of these companies? Or do companies say, well, I don't want to necessarily hire, but I will uh, partner and, and uh, hire maybe as an independent contractor, somebody oh, from... Oh, listen, as it, re as it relates to, you know, from a school of engineering at the University of Illinois' perspective, everybody's hiring, right? So there's, there is negative unemployment in Chicago and really everywhere in the United States, but certainly in Chicago, 
for computer science engineers, for electrical engineers, uh, for folks who want to go to work in that industry. It's negative unemployment. We, we, there are far more open positions than, than we can fill. And that's true of startups and giant companies and everything in between. And that's certainly true in Chicago and, and, and true, um, I'm sure, elsewhere uh, as well. Given the fact that uh, the tech industry is growing in Chicago, how do you see the University of Illinois is uniquely positioned to really, you know, for students, alumni, whatever, to, to be involved in, in this ecosystem? Well, you know, everybody uh, for forever has talked about, uh, are you trying to build another Silicon Valley in Chicago? And no, look, there is one Silicon Valley. Um, and I actually wouldn't want to try to replicate that. I think that Chicago has some inherent strengths to outcompete Silicon Valley in some ways. Um, certainly, it's going to outcompete them in um, in what I would call more industrial technologies. I think the types of technologies that are going to transform major industries, uh, whether it's the financial services industry, which Chicago has already really been ground zero in transforming financial services industry through technology, uh, or it's anything else, agriculture, healthcare, real estate, finance, you know, the, the education, those other industries. I think Chicago is well positioned to outcompete most other regions of the world as innovators and as, as a tech community. Um, so I'm not necessarily interested in, in you know, the discussion of, well, are we rivaling this, this place or this other place? I will say this. Um, if you look to Silicon Valley, which is, you know, I spend a fair amount of my time there as well. And um, if, you, if you look to the, what made Silicon Valley, uh, the origination of Silicon Valley and that amazing, innovative ecosystem that it is today was not in small part due to the connection of really strong universities. Um, you had a few really strong corporations that grew up, early stage companies that grew up there, but the, the participation of Stanford and, and Berkeley and you know, the research universities there, and, and frankly the collaboration even between those universities, which was somewhat unique. Um, there's no question that the University of Illinois is a powerful source of engineering students. I think uh, by volume certainly more than, than any other university in the United States. And, and I think by quality, certainly in the top one or two or three, um, you could make that argument as well. Um, the fact that we have a unique opportunity to more closely connect that ecosystem coming out of U of I with Chicago and to create a Midwestern identity um, and to partner up those universities here and university students here with those corporate uh, companies that are growing in Chicago, I think is a real, real opportunity for us. Of course, uh, University of uh, Illinois College of Engineering, they are uh, doing the dual degree program, which is you major in an in a engineering, uh, have an engineering major, and then also have an entrepreneurship. Do you, do you really see that vibe of entrepreneurship coming out of Illinois and as to be an advantage? Well, that's one of the reasons why we're sitting here, sitting here talking tonight. Right, we're sitting here talking tonight because uh, I'm down on campus visiting, and, I, and I'm going to talk to that class. Right, I'm going to talk to those uh, folks, and I, I enjoy that program a lot because um, it, it's very interesting to me. I, I, I've spent my career, as I said, as an entrepreneur, but m the vast majority of that in in the tech industry. Um, I'm lucky enough to be technically adept. I can, you know, I can, I can code a little, and I certainly can hold my own in a conversation uh, with most of the technology team. Um, but I'm primarily an, an entrepreneur first, and technologist second. Um, 
most people's brains tend to fall on one side or the other, right? I mean, great engineering brains, uh, great engineering brains that see problems that need to be solved and see the world in zeros and ones and see the world and uh, you know as a, a as a puzzle to be to be to be solved. Um, think differently, function differently than great entrepreneurial brains who really are, tend to be more chaotic and outside the box and rule breaking, not rule making and rule following. Um, so that program here, bringing those types of two people together, uh, I, I don't necessarily think the outcome is a weird a person who's a weird hybrid who's suddenly now 50% this brain, 50% that brain. But I do think it's critically important that those that are really natural engineering talents have more exposure to entrepreneurial thought process. And I think it's super important that those people who have more entrepreneurial spirit have uh, access to the discipline of, of an engineering approach to the world. And, and so I think it's a unique offering from, from the university. Talk a little bit about the Chicago Tech Academy, which you founded. What was, what was the purpose behind that, and uh, where is that today? Yeah, well, you've done your research for this. This is great. Um, you know, actually, there's a U of I connection to that as well. Uh, the reason that the Chicago Tech Academy, which is a high school that we started in Chicago now back in 2009, inner city school, 450 students, um, every day for four years, the kids take two hours a day every day for four years of technology class uh, in one way or another. And this is things like, you know, coding and design and that, that type of stuff. Um, which is a tremendous exposure to technology. Um, and, and every day they're also uh, taught to think entrepreneurially. We do something there called project-based learning, which is um, we, we're, we do our best to not try to teach to standardize testing. We do our best to try to do experiential learning and, and do project-based uh, stuff where the kids actually have hands-on building of a, uh, of a project and, and by through that they're, they're, they're advancing their education. Um, so the whole premise of that school is based on um, can you teach entrepreneurial thought and also equip these kids with technology skills? And we're dealing with a demographic and a, and a student body who, frankly, has had no exposure to that, none, right? Not, not, not just themselves, but their families, their communities that they come from um, very often have had very limited exposure to that. And I'm proud to tell you that that, uh, that school now, uh, in its sixth year, uh, we've got a number of kids who are now on the University of Illinois campus here in Champaign um, uh, that are studying things like architecture and engineering and others that have come from the school. So the U of I connection, though, really is that when we created that school, um, it, it, my interest in education, which I had really almost none and no background in uh, before, before helping to set that school up, originated because I was coming down here to U of I and I was saying, hey, you guys aren't doing enough to graduate engineering students who are coming to Chicago to work for, for our community. And the people at U of I were saying, guys, this isn't a bottom of the funnel problem, it's a top of the funnel problem. You're, you're, you're criticizing us for not putting out engineers who moved to Chicago, when the fact is going into the top of the funnel, there aren't very many people coming out of high school that want to be engineers that are coming from Illinois, that are coming from Chicago, right? I mean, it's you, you look across the student body and you see that a lot of these folks are coming from outside of the state of Illinois or outside of Chicago and really even outside the United States. Mm -hmm. And so I said, okay, well, that's interesting. Maybe we should be trying to solve this problem at the high school level. And so I went back and started talking to some of the high schools in Chicago about doing a, 
a better job of getting kids interested and excited for jobs in computer science that might end up at U of I. And I found that there was an opportunity at that point to create a, a an experimental model school that would focused intently on that. And so we're, you know, it's a long haul. It's tough to run a high school. Um, it's tough to uh, particularly intervene with a kid in the ninth grade that you haven't had anything to do with before that and, and try to change the trajectory of their lives. But I think we're, we're having some, some good outcomes there. Kind of jumping around here a little bit, yeah. but um, how, how do you um, work with like 1871, for instance, or the Polsky Center at Chicago? I mean, we, we talk about um, you came in and basically developed this community of uh, technology entrepreneurs. And uh, since then, there's a few other things that have popped up. You know, how, how, does, how does everything fit in, and how are they benefiting each other? Well, I wouldn't say I developed the community. I think I played a small part in it. And, and my business partner, Fred Hoke, uh, who's still the CEO of the ITA, played a small part in it. And lots and lots of other folks uh, played much bigger parts in bringing that community together. So I, I'm lucky to have just been a part of that. And there were certainly folks who, who walked the path before us. There were guys who, uh, men and women both, who built built technology businesses in Chicago long before I came along, who I think uh, uh, certainly paved the way for where we're going. But, but, but you know, I was lucky to play a, a role in that. Um, I think, you know, when we created TechNexus, um, again, it, was, it wasn't with great broad ambition or plans for the future. We, we just saw a problem that needed to be solved and it became what it became. And I think our, I think our story is really still in the early stages and we haven't really even hit the arc and we're doing some pretty exciting things now. But someone had told me the other day that in the 10 years since we created that, I think 92 other co-working spaces or incubators or collaboration centers have now come in line online in Chicago. 92 since we opened our facility um, and the operations there. That's fantastic. I think I think it's a rising tide uh, brings up all ships sort of situation. 1871 has been fantastic for the community, uh, if for no other reason than it's a great. Um, a, a flare that goes up and lights up the ground and, and people go, wow, there is actually a lot that's happening there in Chicago. And there is a good public relations narrative that came about as a result of that. Um, you know, it, it, it is, uh, back to what I was saying to you earlier, though, I think if you look at healthy ecosystems like Silicon Valley that have been wildly successful, in part, they have been wildly successful because of the collaboration that happens there. Uh, collaboration between competing universities, right? which, again, not something we do well here. We're doing better. A decade ago, we were much worse than we are today. Um, but our universities don't com collaborate nearly as much as they should. Have. They should. I mean, if you just look between, and I know this is a gross oversimplification, and I know the presidents of both of these universities would uh, uh, would raise their eyebrows at me saying this, but you know, arguably one of the best engineering schools in the in the world here at Champaign, um, and arguably one of the best business schools in the world in the University of Chicago or Northwestern. Um, each of those would say, oh, we're good at engineering, oh, we're good at business too, but, you know, that's the, 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 what their strengths are. Um, we need much better collaboration between those universities. And I think we need much better collaboration between those universities and the private sector. And I think we need much better collaboration between 1871 and TechNexus. And I think we need much better collaboration, and we can't have enough collaboration. 
and none of us are really competing. We're all in this together, and we're all trying to make uh, make Chicago a great a great community, a great uh, a great economy. Well, it's certainly starting to change because those two universities you talked about, Illinois and Chicago, have formed a partnership: the engineering school and the and the business school at, at uh, Chicago, the Booth School. So, we're kind of maybe on the cutting edge as you look at the future. Uh, given what you uh, just said, wh where do you see this going? I mean, do you see that, that uh, people are starting to figure those kinds of things out, uh, or are we still have a ways to go? No, I think that's absolutely right. As I said, I think it's so much better than it was a decade ago. We're still not good enough, um, and we could do more, but we're much better than we were a decade ago in that regard. I think the future is this, um, and, and if we can get this right, if we can figure this out, and we have all of the pieces to the recipe, um, all the ingredients are on the table right now. I don't. I don't think there's much missing. Um, that the that the future opportunity for this region is going to be in, as I said earlier, uh, defining innovation for a dozen different industries. We're going to redefine the future of agriculture. We might redefine the future of food. We're going to redefine the future of real estate and finance and all of these other industries, healthcare, And the reason we have an opportunity to do that is a, a few things. One, um, it, it, we have the number one, two, or three industry-leading company in about a dozen different industries headquartered in this region, headquartered in and around Chicago or in this region. The number one, two, or three. There aren't many cities in the world that can claim that type of concentration. We might not have the number one, the number one, uh, company in all those industries, but we've certainly got one of the top three. Um, all of those industry leaders have the domain expertise. They have the engineers, the, the, the staff that's working at those who understand those problems that need to be solved. We understand agriculture better than anybody else in this region. We understand uh, public relations, you know, and the, and the public relations industry out of Chicago or the marketing industry out of Chicago or the real estate industry, arguably, we understand that better. We certainly understood the financial services industry, which is why I think almost all innovation that's come to the financial services space over the last 15, 20 years has really come from Chicago. So we understand the problems that need to be solved. Therefore, I think we have a better opportunity to be the group or to be the community or be the economy that goes and solves those. And I, and I think that's what the future is going to hold. You know, there, there will people who will say that there's pieces to the recipe that are still missing. Okay? Capital is still a problem. I think capital is a, 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 a it's like water that will fill a, a void, right? Once this engine continues on the pace that it's on, the capital will ultimately be there for that. Uh, but, but for the most part, it, we have the talent, we know what problems need to be solved, we've got the momentum, uh, the wind at our back, and we've got a real opportunity to build a, a, a hell of an economy here. Well, thanks a lot for coming by and uh, sharing your insights. Uh, very interesting. Um, I know that uh, students at the University of Illinois that uh, will hear you will, you know, I think, get a lot out of uh, uh, your what your message is, and uh, we just appreciate you, you stopping by and uh, sharing a few of your thoughts with us. Mike, thank you very much. I really love coming down here. We're down here on a regular basis. Um, uh, we're, we're, we're opening an office down in Champaign here soon, a TechNexus facility uh, that will let us be on campus engaging with the students and the professors a little bit more regularly, and so appreciate the chance to chat. All right, Terry Howerton, our guest. This has been another edition of Illinois Innovators.